Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I am here, as always, with my comrade, my friend, my partner in crime, Captain Jack Barry. Captain, it is good to see you. It is good to see you as well. Out of the smoke, Canada's giving us their... Their second tier garbage fire smoke here, and yep, they like they doing that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, told my that's, pastor that's who's Canadian. Sure. I told my pastor who is Canadian. Uh, they need he needs to go back up to British Columbia and do some negotiating on yes. them getting their wildfires under control because mm-hmm. not having it's it. bad. It's bad. Not having yeah, and it. so yeah. like my wife is <sighs> Lauren has like a sensitivity to smoke. In that, like, if there's a lot of it, she'll get, like, headaches and, you know, stuff like that. And it really just kind of messes with her breathing and things like that. And it's been, let's just, it's just, just let's just say it's been a bad week. It's been a bad week. Yeah. Hasn't been good, but we woke up this morning. Uh, it was cool. It wasn't hot. You could actually see. And uh, so there's hope. There's hope on the horizon, Jack. Things are... Things are looking up, my man. The rain, little rain sprinkled in there yep. this morning. Yep. So Dude, I want the 70s-ish rain so bad. temperatures. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited for fall. <laughs> man, like fall is my favorite season. I need it. Like mm-hmm. by the time summer is about halfway done, I'm done. That's just kind of where I'm at. Like I need <laughs> fall to happen. Yeah. So Yeah. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. But um mm-hmm. Jack, my friend, we got fun stuff to talk about today, as always. But before we do, uh, why don't we hop into this week's reformatory scar of the week? What do we got, my friend? Yes. So, as usual for this month of August, August is for apostates. Um, if y'all didn't get the PSA, if y'all didn't get yeah. the the memo here. Uh, Dude, we are okay. Can all I of say? Ap- can I say really fast? <laughs> yes. I I yes. was able to meet this. Brandon 
one of the owners of mm-hmm. Apostate Cigars last week. Yeah. Super cool dude. I just want to say, got to hang with him at the lounge up here for a little bit. Uh, really cool, awesome dude. Uh, you know, I mentioned to him that you know we're doing the August for Apostates thing. And he's like, August for Apostates. He's like, I really like that. That's that's awesome. I'm like, branding, baby. Yeah, that's right. Hire me, patent, son. Pa- patent pending. Uh, patent, patent pending. pending. <laughs> that's ours. <laughs> Can't have it, dude. I was hobnobbing with. I was hobnob. Dude, last week was a crazy week for your boy. Okay, I was yeah. hobnobbing with <laughs> the owner of Apostate Cigars, Brandon, and then I was hobnobbing with the owner of Sinistro Cigars, James, dude. It was awesome. Both of them were super cool dudes. Uh, had a great time. Anyway, I didn't mean to hijack it. I was just, I would like, yeah, I was pretty amped up. It was, it was. You never awesome. know. We could do s- September is for Sinistro. Dude, next, oh, next that's month. great idea, dude. Boo. Oh, Booyah, baby. Look at, the, look at you. Patent look at pending. you, Jack. Patent, Patent pending. pending. That's ours. <laughs> that's ours. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Sorry. All right. <laughs> okay. Good uh, Good flow into basically. Uh, so the initiatory is the cigar that we will be going over today. It is the last cigar of Apostate's initial line offering. Yes. We will talk next week about a couple cigars that are coming out. Either they're kind of in the pipeline to come out either uh, this year to your local brick-and-mortar stores uh, and then a couple more uh, to come as well, too, in 2024. But this one is the Initiatory. It is a 6x52 Toro Vitola size. Mm-hmm. The wrapper is Sumatran Ecuadorian. The binder is San Andreas Mexicana. And the filler is Dominican Republic. Um, Named after the first Mormon temple ceremony, the initiatory (laughs) was crafted to be the perfect introduction to our cigar lineup and the perfect uh, and the perfect any place, anytime smoke. Josh, you have smoked this cigar. We would like your thoughts on this. Good, sir. Yeah. So this is a good medium to full bodied cigar. I really, really liked it. I don't, I'm I'm torn whether this one, the initiatory, or the... Um, what was the other one I reviewed? The Tesseret uh, uh, yeah. is my favorite. I'm not sure. They... Man, they're both fantastic sticks, but you're going to get the base kind of flavors that you're used to. Little alfalfa, earthy leather, a little bit of coffee notes in there, but with... As, as is usual with like the San Andreas and the Ecuadorian tobaccos, you get that sweet, fruity acid, which usually for me, it's going to be different with everyone. For me, it usually manifests itself in kind of an aftertaste in that it hits the back of the throat after, like usually after the smoke has 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 exited. Um, and this cigar, I really, really like in that it's, it's not going to blow your teeth out, which mm-hmm. I'm thankful for. It has some amazing, uh, amazing flavor combos. Like I said, it's going to be a little dark on the front end, and then for me, man, you get that sweetness and almost like citrusy on the back end that uh, is that I often get with like San Andreas or or uh, uh, a Sumatra wrappers. So, all in all, great stick. The initiatory. I love the size that it comes in. Um, it's not massive, so it's actually pretty manageable. You can smoke it in about, you know, if you're if you're taking your time, it'll take you an hour, maybe a little less. So it's just, it's a great conversation stick, in my opinion. Um, didn't have any problems with the construction. No relights. Smoke output is great. Uh, the draw is fantastic. Um, no complaints with this stick whatsoever. 
What? Because uh, I know most of these cigars that we're reviewing, the MSRP is anywhere for between like nine and eleven. Is that kind of roughly same? Yep. For this yep. one. Okay. Yep. Yep. The exact same. Yeah. All of apostate sticks range from that like ten, like nine, ten, eleven, uh, 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 a dollar range. So. You, you know, you're not going to be break. It's not, I wouldn't quite put it in a budget stick, you know, category, but you're not going to be breaking the bank. It's not like you're, you know, like a Liga Privada T52, which is a great stick, but you're spending like $19 on it, right? Yeah. So you're not going to be breaking the bank on these guys. It's a great, uh, you know, price-wise, right in the middle of the road. Um, but the flavors that you get for the price, in my opinion, uh, sets it in a league of its own like sinistro and apostate right now are among the top brands that are my favorite for 2023 um and i don't see that changing um, especially with them coming out with brand new stuff so that's what we got it is the initiatory by uh, uh apostate cigars and you know what to do my friends go and smoke to the glory of god All right, Jack. So, man, people be wild. People be fooling. People be <laughs> yep. people be going crazy, man. That's just how it goes, man. Oh my gosh. You know how it yep. is. It seems like every time I, I wake up, you know, I ask myself, so what's what are people mad about today? What are people <laughs> what are people all up in arms about today? You know? Like it just doesn't change, man. Nothing new under the sun. Nope. Um Nope. <laughs> have you been seeing these fools? And I'm going to call them fools. Yes. Because we're all about biblical language on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to call them fools. Have you seen these fools out here talking about my sisters in Christ saying that, you know, studying theology is a man's job. And studying theology. And this is this is for the world of men. Right? <laughs> studying theology. I feel like... I, I feel like... The, King Theoden's nephew on Return of the King, like, theology is the province of men, Eowyn. <laughs> Come on, Eomer. What's wrong with you, man? Sorry. That was a Lord of the Rings nerd out moment there for a second. Deep cut there. But man, deep cut, Josh. Dude, real deep cut. Real deep cut. But man, like, like are you seeing this? Yeah. Um, primarily, I hate to name drop, but I think name dropping is appropriate where it needs to be. There is one particular person, and he has been called out by many a people, um, mm. which is kind of crazy. And from and from camps, I would say theological camps that we necessarily are not in agreement with sometimes, but they're even mm-hmm. calling him out and saying mm-hmm. like, "You should not trust this guy." Uh, Mr. Dale mm-hmm. Partridge um, yeah. has said some yep. crazy, outlandish stuff, um, and just. I, I think the I think the subplot to this as well too is funny because all these guys that are saying like women shouldn't study theology are <laughs> um having issues producing actual accredited courses and certifications <laughs> and degrees. Yeah. Um so yeah. versus I know a lot of what I know quite a few women that have uh certain, you know, masters in biblical theology degrees or um, I don't know about demons, but have other qualifications as well too from different demons seminaries. as in doctrine doctrines of ministry people, not demons as in fallen angels. Let's, let's be very clear. <laughs> yes, doctors you know, of you know, Jack doctor of ministry women that degree. Have yes, 
Yeah. Not unless I'm walking. Not unless I'm walking down the streets I mean, of Tacoma. And I mean, I, see I mean, granted, that way, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you never know. Like I feel like I walk through Seattle, you know, or I drive through Seattle, and yeah, demons, demons, demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, a D ministry. Yes, a, a doctorate is. of ministry. So I, I don't, I can't remember if I know any women that have their doctorate of ministries degrees. Uh, I've seen some people that have masters in certain ministry degrees who are women um i there's there's at least a few women right now within our church that are basically uh spearheading certain ministries to equip other women in theology but then also um we have like our children's ministry director who's like coming up with uh curriculum right now as well too um and she basically teaches kids Latin at uh, right. a private school. So, I mean, That's I think cool. the biggest thing, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I don't know, I mean, this is like a, this is like a reoccurring thing that we talk about, right? Is mm. patriarchy that just goes off the rails and it just goes into territory where you start to absolutely um, just crap on the image of God and the theology of the image of God. And not only that, but then you start to completely devalue and completely rewrite what God values in humanity, which is his image that he gives, I mean, people and humanity. He gives, that's why we're called image bearers. We we bear the image of God, um, both man and woman, both male and female, as Genesis says. But it's just... I think that a lot of cultural stuff comes up and people use that as their baseline for orthodoxy versus Mm -hmm. what am I looking at scripture? What is scripture telling me? What are maybe like some left and right limits of scripture and what it says versus, you know, women in ministry and stuff along those lines. Um, and just even if that's applicable versus saying we need to get back to the 1950s and how our country used to be, it's like, okay, how about we just go to scripture? How about we go to yeah. that first versus our culture? So, well, and I don't know. The problem, the problem when we don't go to scripture, right, is you start seeing like, okay, there's, there's just been this constant one-upping each other. Right. Or an attempt to one up in each other in how severe our convictions can be when it comes to gender roles in the church or or, or even even uh-huh. just just like what we're talking about today, studying theology. Right. So you had the whole movement out of the 80s into complementarianism. Right. And and kind of kind of try, trying to get scripture back to a, you know, like defined gender roles that scripture talks about. Right. And so a whole bunch of people became complementarian. That's the word that they used. Right. Now you have guys that are coming out saying, well, no, complementarianism is just the new egalitarianism. And if you're complementarian, you're just you're just you're just an egalitarian in disguise. So we're going to we're going to launch the patriarchy movement. OK, so now the patriarchy yeah. movement gets gets all up and running. That gets a lot of steam. But now what you're seeing is that within the patriarchy movement, 
there are guys now trying to out-patriarch each other. (laughs) So now we're going to, like, my prediction is given another couple years, we're going to have another split and it's going to have a different name maybe like 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 patriarchy prime or something like that i don't know <laughs> but but it's going to be it's going to be even even oh even more harsh right and even even yeah. more strict and when like i i grow concerned when you see stuff like that because often what that is indicative of is not not a desire to come closer in line with scripture but a desire to appear to be the one who is holding scripture the closest. So you're going to throw away good hermeneutics. You're going to throw away good interpretation and the rules by which we need to stick to to interpret scripture. And you're now going to start interpreting scripture through your cultural lens. And what's ironic is like that's the thing that that people rail on so much, and rightly so, are, you know, cultural Christians interpreting scripture through culture. But dude, we do the exact same thing if we're not careful. It might not be what culture yeah. said, how culture says we should define it, but if you have these convictions or you like a certain way, you know, the home works or the church works, if you're not careful, you're going to you're going to 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 impose that view onto the pages of scripture and it's going to dictate the application of it. And in my opinion, and I believe Scripture's opinion. I believe God's opinion. Mm-hmm. This whole, you know, movement or this whole like argumentation that somehow theology and the study of it is is the province of men, and it's not something that women should engage in. And if they want to engage in it, it has to be through their husbands and through their husbands only. I think that is a result of these individuals not interpreting scripture correctly and trying to basically one up each other in this how strict and how conservative can we get and uh, and it's just a pendulum swing yeah. it's a pendulum swing to where our culture is because yes our culture is a, a wreck it's a mess like welcome to it mm-hmm. it's always been that way it's always going to be that way yeah but we seem to have a problem with combating culture correctly and swinging too far on the other end. And now we're saying that women in the church, whether you're married or not, don't have any business studying theology. And I can't think of a worse take, dude, in my life that half half of the Christian population, like God has elected his church, men and women, that half of that group has no business studying about God. <laughs> it's so ridiculous that it's it's laughable. It's just it's just laughable. But yeah. I mean, it, it, like you'll you got to laugh, otherwise you'll cry because you know where it's coming from. Yeah, this is. Uh, I will say this this topic that we that we brought up is very interesting. Like you said about hermeneutics, right? Because a lot of guys that I hear who say stuff like this are now rallying for things like we should get rid of amendments in the Constitution of the United States that allow women to vote. We should get rid of, like, just crazy stuff. Like, because like, life was better it's to when, the point, when women couldn't vote. Yeah. <laughs> do, it's, like, to the point where I feel like all of our, like, we're throwing, 
if if the church is going to throw women under the bus, like, boy, <laughs> you done messed up, you know? Like, if that's mm. our hermeneutic, and it even goes, like, from, so last Lord's Day, right? This last Sunday. Um, we, uh, one of my, one of the guys who's in my community group and who leads my Bible study uh, was preaching on a specific text in 1 Samuel about David and about him running into the wilderness and Saul interacting with him in the wilderness. There's a particular text in Samuel 20, chapter 24, where uh, Saul goes into a cave where David's at and Saul doesn't know David's there and Saul relieves himself, yes. And there's this interaction between him and David and Saul's like, oh, my son, uh, I love you and forgive me. And this is Saul's continuous posture he always tries to trick Mm -hmm. david but saul has this posture of wanting to kill david too he has Mm -hmm. this posture of outwardly looking this way but inwardly he wants to like kill him and just get it over with right there's a particular text we were looking at three different chapters because of the way that the scripture is set up we were looking at them and in chapter 25 um you know you know, this guy is talking about uh, who's preaching. He's talking about how in the text, basically how David takes Abigail to be his wife. And now David has multiple wives. So you have to look at things like uh, polygamy in the text and really ask of yourself certain things. Mm-hmm. Is God necessarily... Just because it's in the text, does it mean that God makes it prescriptive? No, it doesn't. Right. Right. But yep. do you see a pattern, and we do see a pattern in Scripture, to where polygamy is practiced, and what are the effects of polygamy? Always, yep. always, always, what happens is there is continuous strife in those men's marriages mm-hmm. There is backstabbing, there's sin, there's everything yeah. that happens. There's consequences. Polygamy, yeah. Polygamy does not equal happiness. And uh, just because you have multiple wives means you get more done. No, it means calamity. It means danger. It means destruction, mm-hmm. really, in Scripture, if you look at it in a biblical theological lens, right? So I don't know <laughs> where these guys are coming from and them saying... I don't know what their hermeneutic is to say women studying theology equals this. Yeah. That's not a one for one apples to apples thing in which we could look at polygamy and say something like that um, in, in the text of scripture. And so it's like, it goes back to your question. Where are you guys coming from? Are you using, are you actually examining the text of scripture and deriving a biblical and theological way of discipling people, whether that be male and female, or Mm -hmm. are you guys just going off the rails and saying, well, we're just going to take this one text and just, just get all the juice out of it that we can. Yeah. And some of that juice, maybe even not even there. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I I think dude, like, so when I see stuff like this, I, you know, trying because i've asked the same question like where is this coming from what's the you know i think it's the i don't know if it's the counselor and mary or what but but i want to get to the root of where this is coming from because this 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 belief system 
this type of theological ideology is stemming from something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they believe something, therefore they are interpreting scripture in this way, right? Uh, and it's not something that scripture says. So so it 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 piques my interest to try to understand what it is and. From my observation and from my study, I think it can be the result of a couple things, right? I, I'm not saying that it's only these things. I think there's a lot. But one, I already talked about, the pendulum swing, that, that we, yeah. we have such a, such a fear of the culture, right? Such a fear of the world that we pendulum swing so hard to the other side to now it's, it's, it's equally unrecognizable as Christianity. We're just coding it in Christianity. Right. So the world says there's no difference between men and women, that men can be women and women can be men. Like That's sinful. That's awful. That's mm-hmm. not what the Bible says. So we're going to swing the entire opposite way and say that men and women should have absolutely nothing in common. Right. And yeah. and, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah. here, man. Like, careful. Right. So I think that might be one reason. Another reason, which in my experience Mm-hmm. I think might be even more, uh, I would say more likely, is that the type of individuals that are spouting this theology and this kind of idea of, you know, theology being only the province of something that men should engage with, I think have some deep-seated pride issues that are have not been addressed, have not been called out. And if they have been, they run from it and isolate themselves on an island to where everyone surrounding them and everyone that really engages with them does so because they all believe the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have now these men who, and let's be clear, it is mostly men. Uh, I, I know, I know that, that you'll get the, the, you know the the strafe you know woman out there that that says the same thing but it is majoritarily men that are spouting this right yeah. and i think a great deal of it has to do with pride and i think it's because yeah. they they don't want to have to be held accountable to anybody and i would say that if if they could they would say that it's not the province of anyone else other than them to study theology, but they can't. They know they can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Just because that's that that's how how pride works is it's going to continue to isolate you and isolate you and isolate you until you are the only one that's the barometer of truth, right? And and we see like we've seen what happens when it gets to that to that point, right? But mm-hmm. I think when you have when you have a, a when you when you already have an, an an incorrect understanding of how we should combat culture and the horrible things that are happening in, in culture and you have a disposition toward pride and arrogance and a desire and and, and almost a a mentality that 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 doesn't handle being questioned well mm-hmm uh you're not going to want people studying theology, studying the truth for themselves, you know, and it's a very Catholic, very, very, very popish thing. I think there's a lot of other factors that can work into that, man. But but at the end of the day, like 
Scripture does provide differences and roles between men and women. We've confessed this for years, right? We confess mm. that there's differences in the roles in the local church, <clears throat> both equally yeah. important, both equally valuable, but different. But mm-hmm. the study of theology, the study of who God is, right? That's what theology is. Theo, God, ology, the study of. It's, it's, it's understanding to a deeper level who God is, what he has done, what he continues to do. If you are an individual that is saying that someone should not study theology, that if if you're a woman, you should not study theology because that's not your purview. That's not something that's for you. My friend, there will be a very heavy millstone tied around your neck. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not, that's, you are not in a position to say that. In fact, scripture encourages every Christian to understand who God is and to study the scriptures, right? Like, I need the women in my church to understand who God is. I need my wife to study and to understand who God is. And for me to somehow get in the way of that and 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 to not encourage that, dude, like that's there are there are levels of messed up in this world and 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 sadly in the church. That's close to the top, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the way in which you described these guys saying that I'm the only one that can have this knowledge. I mean, you're starting to buck up against Gnosticism, you're starting to buck up against very cult-like behavior that we've mm-hmm. seen before time and time again, um, mm-hmm. that you're just going to be drisky businessing out here again. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. That dude has not changed. He he doubles down. He basically takes yeah. the culture, doubles down on it, and tries to you know wait you know for the flop and the river in order to cash in on those cards. So, yeah, it's just so, I mean, here's the other thing too, like women, (laughs) women are a vital part of the church in which they are a huge part of encouragement. Not only are they a huge part of encouragement, uh, should be to everybody within your local church, but I can't remember how many times I can count on my hands in which I've been encouraged by women in the local church because they they've listened they're loving they use the text of scripture to encourage you in righteousness mm-hmm. i mean if you say that that can't happen in our local church mm-hmm. boy you need to go back to scripture and actually look at what's happening in acts mm-hmm. and how the how the christians in that time period are acting with one another and even just how paul interacts with women too Um, you look at how many times Paul uplifts women, how many times Paul actually like says and encourages women, um, to be ministers of the gospel in these certain ways. And it's just very, yeah, I think that so many people, they just, 
we can't have nice stuff anymore. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, right. we can't have anything yeah. nice anymore because we'll break it. Okay. And yeah. it's just so discouraging to see somebody take like what you've known to be very, I mean, just like the simpleness of the doctrine of the image of God and take that into a direction that completely like goes outside of the barriers of what we know, like Mm -hmm. actually is the doctrine of God, like the doctrine of the image of God right there of who we are as male and female and how that interacts, how we interact with one another in the church yeah, and how we can be an encouragement to one another in the church. And it's just so discouraging to see somebody say only this category of people is qualified to do this. Yeah. And I'm in that category. Thus, everybody else is subservient to me. That doesn't yeah. sound like a. That doesn't sound like a leader's heart. That doesn't sound like a pastor's heart. That doesn't sound like a lot of things that I would say. Hmm. No, might- it, it sounds. It sounds like the heart of someone who's trying to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it, yeah. like that's that. When I hear stuff like that, the red, the my red flags go off. It's like that that's not an individual who has a heart for shepherding, a heart for um, equipping the saints, mm-hmm. the greater knowledge and understanding of who God is and what he has done. That's somebody who wants everyone subservient to him. Right. And if we look in scripture, like we see like Jackson, so many examples of faithful women who studied about who God is and you see the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Timothy, like we have two books dedicated to Timothy, was raised by his mom and grandma. There was no man in the house. Yep. They taught him, mm-hmm. which required them to be to to be to be learners. Right. I look at the women in my church that I love dearly. I see their hunger and their desire for the word. That is not something that's just coming down through the man. Right now. Don't don't get me wrong. This should be something you engage in together. If you are yeah. married, right, the study of theology, husband and wife doing it together, it's awesome, fantastic, right? Yeah. But sadly, that's not the situation that everyone finds themselves in. So say, you know, a woman comes to Christ and her husband's not a believer. She's not going to be getting any theology through her husband. So according to these guys, you know, should she, like, what should she do? Yeah. Right? Right? I mean, look, there are so many scenarios in which this argument breaks down. Right? And I can tell you from, you know, one, my biblical conviction, and also from experience, man, like having men and women equally theologically robust in your church is a blessing to the church. Yeah. Because I don't care who it is. If I come into Sunday... I'm having a bad day, which happens. I don't care if it's a man. I don't care if it's a woman. I don't care if it's a four-year-old. If they encourage me in the gospel and remind me of who God is, God bless them for that. Mm-hmm. And I want them to further study and come to an even deeper understanding of who God is so they can be even more effective in that encouraging, right? In that convicting, Dude, I can't tell you how what in my 15 years of biblical counseling, what incredible counselors women make. 
because again, men, men and women are different. We're going to come at it with different experiences, different mentalities, right? And the way that the Lord uses women in the church to sling that word of God is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have to be they have to be like students of it and then doers yeah. of it. Right? And dude, we got to encourage that, man. Like that is not something that's left up to men. That's not something that's left up to the theological elites, right? We shouldn't mm-hmm. be viewing women as somehow subservient or somehow less than in their Christian duties or their Christian responsibilities. If you are a Christian, if you have been bought and saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, whether you are a man or whether you are a woman, you have a responsibility. You have a duty to learn about who God is, learn about what he has done. Learn about what he continues to do. Be a student of the word. That is a responsibility that you have, not as a man, not as yeah. a woman, as a Christian. Right? Yeah. It's not that hard, Jack. And I feel like I'm beating my <laughs> head up against a brick wall sometimes when I read some of this stuff. And I'm just like, you you have taken one of the most simple truths of being a Christian and you have twisted it up turn it into something that it's not for who knows why. And man, like the amount of blessing that you are missing out on and that your local church is missing out on by cutting off the theological, you know, you know, supply to half of them. It's, it's astronomical. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just a bunch. It's just crazy. Yeah. It'll be like, um, It'll be like, what's next on <laughs> Fool's Paradise here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, dude, and, you know, you know what's cra- the North American church, dude. <laughs> you know what's it's crazy, dude? So, so like, it's all the like women's stuff, right? When women's studying theology, like the Christian nationalism stuff. You see, like, you see Owen, you see little O going after like Christian national stuff, and how, <laughs> dude. dude. Like I I saw something that I thought I would never see. This is how I knew that that this hit a new Twitter or X, excuse me, hit a new low or or a new high, however however you want to you want to yeah. view it. Somebody yep. straight up quote tweeted Owen, <laughs> Owen Strand and called him woke. <laughs> they called our brother, our brother in Christ, they called Owen of all people, they called him woke. Owen, dude. I'm like, I'm sitting back here, like, go Owen, go Owen. Yeah, baby, he's. A- <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've seen everything. I've seen everything. Like, I can't. Dude. There's, it does not get any crazier than that. Someone just called Owen woke. I'm done. Like, uninstall the app. Yeah, it's not gonna get any crazier from here, people. It's over. <laughs> It's over. It's over. Dude. It's done. And and Owen, dude, like, look, we have our disagreements with Owen, right? We've talked about it before. He's a brother in Christ. And he's a brother in Christ. He was swinging, dude. He was freaking Tyson in that ring, dude. He was Muhammad Ali dodging all those punches and doing the little shoulder, shoulder wiggle at the end, dude. I'm like, go, man, go. <laughs> Owen with the right. Owen with the left. <laughs> He called him woke. I was like, "This is crazy." They were. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. The the crazy thing. The crazy thing is like, I saw a bunch of people uh, who were talking about this, and just like you, you are honestly gonna make me 
root for Owen Strawn right now in this situation? Like, dude, like, like, are you serious? There's a lot. There's so much. There's a lot that Owen does and says. Yeah. That annoys me and that I have to be like, okay, fine. But dude, like, yeah, this past couple weeks, I've just been like, I've been in Owen's corner. Like, like, run for your life, kid. (laughs) I just loved it. I can't. I can't get over it. Like when people come together under one certain banner and then they just eat themselves from the inside out. So much eating themselves. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the it's the constant so cyclical cycle of this country, and just I don't know if <laughs> it it's just it just shows how we never learn. Like we can say that we want to be, uh, you know, we can say that we want to be like Israel. Yo, have mm. you even studied the fact that Israel just absolutely ate themselves so many different times over? Oh yeah, and just completely screwed up over and over again, even though they try to do all this stuff to make themselves look great. It just shows to one extent how God is very gracious to a messed up church like ours in North America. And then on the other part of it too, it shows just how, um, even in this conversation, like we can look at this and just say how silly it is and just hope that like the Lord like changes hearts and, and, Mm -hmm. Especially just like, golly, man. I don't, I honestly don't get this. Like, to a certain effect, I think it's just a lot of people who want to jump on bandwagons, who want to be celebrities, and who don't want to do the hard work like we talk about every single week, where you're focused on your local church, where you're focused on your local people, where you want to see the kingdom spread in that vicinity that you're in. Like, I don't know. I think people just want to run into the wilderness to try and become a celebrity versus actually like sticking their flag in, doing the hard work, mm. building the kingdom of God in their local church and around their their community that their local church is in. And it's just, it's showing. And it just shows how childish this is and just how people just actually want to be like the culture and they can't accept yeah. that. Um yep. And, but they'll rail against it, but it's like, but you guys just want to be like all these celebrities. Like you want to be the talking heads of the church and that's not how this works. So yeah. Yep. That's why dude, having that local church focus, man, I really do think that is a great remedy for all of that. All that stuff that you just mentioned, man, if we focus on our local churches, don't get distracted by all that stuff. Focus on your people. Man, what a remedy. Mm-hmm. What a what a better focus. And everyone's blessed. Right? Everyone's blessed. If, I think I put out on Twitter that if like if 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 more people focused on their local churches than the online, you know, arguments and controversies, it would be a much merrier world. You know, it just it just yeah, would be. Exactly. Would be. But Christ is faithful and uh and that that's that's encouraging. That's an encouraging thing. Jack, my man. Why don't you get us out of here? Big Eva has sung, sir. Yes, yes she has. Big Eva has yeah. sung. Yeah, um. she does not study theology. Though. That is a woman that needs to study theology. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, she, she sings, but she doesn't sing anything good. I'm just saying. I'm just oh, I guess. <laughs> that woman could do. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate Josh and I's focus on re centering ourselves back 
on focusing on our local churches, focusing on the main way to focus on building up God's kingdom and focusing on spreading the gospel through your local church. You can find us and interact with us on the sociables, if you will, the Facebook, the Metaverse, uh, the Instagram, goes well with chocolate or marshmallow, and the app formerly known as Twitter X, uh, all at the tag at Reform... I'll let the tag at Reformatory Pod. You can DM us, uh, send us messages if you want clarity on something that we said, or if you have episode ideas, please uh, Mm. like, leave us a follow. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might uh, support us in other endeavors via different sociable apps as well, too. That's right. That's right. Well, um, you can, if you're on Apple or Spotify, we appreciate the. The likes and reviews, right? Little five star for five solas. It really does help get the podcast out to more people. If you're on an Apple device, man, we're talking to you. Really, help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Scroll down, give us a little, uh, give us a little action there. We'd really appreciate it. We're on YouTube now, so mm-hmm. if you want to not only hear this podcast but see this podcast, you can head on over to YouTube.com/slash Reformatory Pod. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications, right? Uh, new episodes every Thursday. They drop at midnight, so if you're up early, you know, you can be one of the first mm-hmm. one of the first to see it. Last but not least, we have a Patreon. That's right. And patrons have exclusive access to us. We call it the Pod Luck. And we want to know mm-hmm. if you're a member. For a $5 holla, you too become, could become a member of the Pod Luck. And our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. We get new uh, exclusive episodes every week. Pictures, videos, all exclusive. All exclusive. We just did an ep on what your favorite chips are. And uh, you can only answer Mm -hmm. that question if you head on over to Patreon (laughs) and sign up. So we would really appreciate y'all doing that. We have a lot of fun over there. We thank you all for listening. Go study some theology. Whether, you know, whoever you are. Go study some good stuff. Go read an R.C. Sproul book or some Spurgeon. Believe me, it's worth it. We appreciate you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.